Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team welcome to future of flushing or should i say bonjour for future of flushing i'm vito calisi with me is jonathan Barron, and we are here to tell you all about the mets from soup to nuts how are you doing john vito i gotta say i'm just uh i'm just impressed it's 5 36 your time and the grind never stops met player development never stops so kudos to you tip of the cap for getting up getting this done a lot of exciting stuff to talk about, and uh, good to see you. Looks like you got some good Wi-Fi over there in the old hotel, or the hotel, as maybe they say in France. Um, let me let me ask you a quick question. You ever been to Montreal or Quebec yeah. in general? All right. Before I went to France, I used to think I don't even need to go so, to France. So do me a favor Montreal. here. Let me get a little like Venn diagram, compare, contrast, maybe like what's different, what's the same between French Canada and then france which i i think are two totally different things but i've never actually been to france myself okay so old old montreal when you go to montreal that feels a lot i mean like the city definitely has its french influences and there's like a thing people say that like once you've been to one european city and obviously montreal is not a european city but it's modeled after one and they say once you've been to one european city you've like been to a lot of european cities um but this part of France is interesting. It's pretty different from Paris, where the only other place in France I've been. Really nice town on the water. And I've been to I've been to two gyms here since I landed. This is the only city in Europe where I've really hit gyms. And like, dude, there's people running and stuff. Like in Italy, in Rome, in Paris. Like I didn't see people running in the streets and like jogging. But here I see that. Um, but compared to Montreal. Yeah, there's definitely influences, but once you get to the real place, you're like, oh, this is nothing. Like, I used to think Montreal was an example. I realize now that's far off. All right. It's a pretty good scouting report. John, I got to tell you a fun fact about Montreal in my name. Please do. My last name means the F word there. In Montreal? In it, It's a French-Canadian term for the F word. So I found... Khaleesi means... I'm not yes. going to say it because I don't do, do that. that here on this podcast. This is all about the kids. Tomorrow I'm at stuff though. I'm gonna go on a rampage cursing. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah, so I found, Just I kidding. found out because I the first time I went to Montreal, I went through security, and um, they the guy goes grabs. I hand him my my ID at border patrol, and he stops and he looks at me and he goes, "This is your this is your real ID." And I was like, "Yes, this is, this is my my passport." And he goes, "Hold on," and then he goes and grabs another person and then i see him go to another person but the second person i see them both start giggling and i'm like what is happening and then he comes over and he goes did you know your last name here is the is blank it's calais as uh the f word there 
And uh, then the rest of the trip, every time I gave my credit card to a bartender or something, I would see them take my card, look at the name, and then hand it to three other people. Maybe that's why you're always so wishy-washy on it. That guy that checked your ID kind of made you think that like it was not proper to be saying that word. And uh, that would explain a lot because I still, if it's not the explanation, I still am just befuddled by the... Uh... It- the snip, snap, snip, snap. Khaleesi, it's Khaleesi, Khaleesi, Khaleesi. It's Khaleesi, but like I, for years I stopped saying Khaleesi because Game of Thrones. Be every time people would be like Khaleesi, like Game of Thrones, and I just don't want to deal with it. Do I have to? Do I have to uh, bleep out Alice? I don't think so. The only other I, I know a kind of funny Montreal thing, but it's really not that funny at all, probably. But uh, this might be French in general. Is goal hockey thing in uh, like when the Canadians score? It's the word but. What? Oh, I thought you meant they just yelled but. Yeah. No, like that's that's how you say goal in French is but. So, yeah. But one T. The one T but. So, yeah. Maybe it's boot. I don't know. Like Jose Buto, who, by the way, shout out Jose Buto. We've talked about him on the podcast here. He got the call up to the major leagues tonight. He was throwing gas. He was hitting 96 regularly. He was averaging about two and a half miles an hour more on his four-seamer than he had the last time we saw him in the major league. So player development, baby. Unlock something down with AAA Syracuse, and it paid off tonight. He was throwing heat. So just wanted to mention that. The word but kind of you know made me think about I that. I hope if you were at the game and you listened to Future of Flushing, you were able to turn to the person next to you, be the smartest fan in your section, and say, Jose Budo's been airing it up downtown in the minors right now, and you got to be that smart fan. John, we're meeting in the middle right now where I'm tired, just woke up. You're probably tired, getting ready to go to bed. Oh, I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta be, uh, I gotta listen to a baby cry all night. That's, that's basically what it sounds like walking around France. Let's talk about this game. <laughs> You're about to start an international conflict <laughs> on the future of fucking Vito. Uh, I, I, I got a rant for the end of the episode. Syracuse Mets won 6 4 versus the Columbus Clippers. Brett Beatty grand slam against former Met Jared Eikhoff. Three home runs and 10 RBIs in the five games since going to Syracuse. We said this the other night. We'll say it again. Got demoted. Didn't take it. As a punishment, he's out there just grinding, doing as well as he can, and, you know, working his way up back to the mat. Brett Beatty just uh, continues to crush AAA pitching. He's probably a little too good for that league. I think we can say that based off of the production earlier in the year, and now since he got back, he's just, you know, on a tear again. Um, So, you know, good to see that from Brett as he looks to work his way back to the majors. Another guy trying to work his way up to the majors for the first time, Carlos Cortez. We mentioned him again on the show. Cortez doubled on uh, Tuesday night. That gives him 10 extra base hits in his last 20 games. That span, as we've mentioned a few times recently, goes back to July 20. So almost a full month now of Cortez just mashing opposing pitchers. Let's talk about the Binghamton Rumble Ponies game. The Rumble Ponies lost 9-6 to the Portland Sea Dogs. Luis Angel Acuna got on twice with a hit and a walk. Jeremiah Jackson went one for four with a walk, but it's all about the future of Flushing Bump, John, right? We've said it before. We've had it happen. Luke Ritter came on the show, had a great chat with Luke Ritter. Episode went out. What happens? Luke Ritter delivers an R- a game-winning walk-off hit for the Syracuse Mets. Well, guess what? We put the episode out with Drew Gilbert on Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. The days are starting to kind of blend together here as a uh, Mets wrapping up a 10-game homestand, light at the end of the tunnel. And Drew Gilbert, on Tuesday night, parks his first home run in the Mets organization. A towering home run against the four-seam fastball. 
So great to see he gets the monkey off his bat. And if you go and you watch that highlight, which I did, man, and I thought this one we met, Drew, uh, just the way he carries himself, some of the characteristics, the headband. Um, I asked him about the eye black, which he wore in college. Very reminiscent of another outfielder, another left-handed hitter named Bryce Harper. Um, and if I, you know, if we get to talk to Drew again, I want to talk. I want to ask him about, uh, you know, is Bryce Harper a guy that he's looked up to and has modeled his game after? Because the stance, Bryce has kind of uh, become a little bit more upright in his stance as he's gotten older. But the stance is, is very similar to what Bryce used to look like back in his uh, national days. The headband, all of it, and the swing, the follow-through, the power, the speed with which the barrel goes through the strike zone. Very reminiscent of Bryce Harper now. I'm not saying Drew Gilbert is Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper's a generational talent. Bryce Harper very well could find his way in Cooperstown one day. We obviously hope the same thing for Drew Gilbert. But just the eye test alone, you watch that home run. It's a swing. It's mechanics. It's the whole package you can dream on. It really is. So congrats to Drew for hitting that first home run in the Mets organization. And here's to many more. John, if we get to talk to Drew again, what kind of music would you prefer in the background this time? No music would be my preference. I don't know if that's an option. People in the background are going, no music. No music. Just no sound. Silence. Let's do it in do a vacuum. You know what that is? You, are you aware of no music? Um, I don't know where it comes from, but I'm familiar with it. Like I've been at parties where like the music's cut out and everyone okay, starts cool. doing that. You looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, maybe this is a New York no, City thing. Maybe I it didn't honestly, make play I, I thought you were freezing, and I was about to say th- bad things about France and its Wi-Fi, but I don't have to say those things now. So I'm saving my French rant for the end of the, tr- the episode. It's not anything crazy. It's just a problem I have. Um, all right, let's keep talking about the Rumble Ponies. Roddy Jordan got on base three times, including a triple. Three runs batted in in that game. Blade Tidwell struggled a little bit. And like he said in an interview that will be coming out soon right here on the Future of Flushing podcast, it's a really tough jump. And what he said, it's the toughest of jumps he makes out there. But, you know, he bounced back after his first start, and I'm sure he'll bounce back again, right? Yeah, he had a long time between starts. So um, tough night for Blade Tidwell, but looking forward to that next start, the next time out. He's a, he's a dude with thick skin. We know that from talking to him a few times. Uh, bulldog on the mound and he'll be just he'll be a-okay I don't want to spoil anything from that interview but there is something he said that Mets fans should be so excited about and just a cool thing about his back against the wall attitude final note from the Rumble Ponies great news for Blade all Gervais promoted to the Binghamton Rumble Ponies and the Brooklyn Cyclones and uh, it's just cool because a trio of friends who have been having a stellar year is Paul Gervais Tyler Stewart and Blade Tidwell. They were all hanging out down in Brooklyn together. Now they've all made the jump to Binghamton together. So congrats to Paul for being promoted. We did an interview with him a while ago that's on the Mets YouTube and right here on the stream. Go check it out if you want to learn more about Paul Gervais. Congratulations to Paul for making that jump. Yeah, Gervais's last outing, Vito, something I mentioned when you were uh, somewhere over the Atlantic Ocean, I think. He and his last outing with the Cyclones, three and a third innings of work, threw 45 pitches, recorded 10 outs in that sh- in that outing, struck out seven, and it was the kind of outing that made you dream on the ability that Paul Gervais has. He's a big, tall dude. They call him the Slim Reaper. He's a guy that can beat you with multiple pitches, his fastball, the slider. So great to see that he's going to have this next challenge to conquer in the last few weeks of the regular season. He's going to be part of the Ponies playoff push, which you love to see. He was part of the St. Lucie Mets winning a title last year. And... um You know, he's one of the many relievers. We've talked a lot about the starting pitchers. 
that are starting to permeate their way throughout the organization and inch closer to the majors. But there's also a crop of relievers that are also uh, extremely talented and are going to help the Mets be sustainable winners for years to come. You look at all the major league teams that have had recent success, and all of these teams have the ability to dip into their minor league systems and call players up, whether it's offensive offensive players in the starting rotation. The Dodgers come to mind this year. They've had so many injuries in their starting rotation, and they haven't skipped a beat. They've once again run away with the National League West. And in the bullpen, in the bullpen, it is so important to have to have organizational depth to not have to go out and overpay for guys that reach free agency that have been used up by the team that developed them, but to be able to develop your own. And the Mets are doing that. Steve Cohen has only owned this team for this is year three. And I know that fans don't want to hear about, oh, I don't want to be patient. And fans don't want to hear about, oh, there's there's talent in the in the lower levels of the minors, but it's not close. You know, the Mets have done a great job since day one of Steve Cohen's tenure here as the owner of the Mets, injecting the system with with talent, and it's starting to show itself. And Paul Gervais is one of the many young, talented relievers in this organization that will one day make their way to Queens and help the New York Mets win ball games. Not the Rumble Ponies, not the Syracuse Mets, but eventually the New York Mets. So a ton to be excited about. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Paul Gervais, just another example of that. The Brooklyn Cyclones took on the Hudson Valley Renegades. 22-year-old Robert Colina started seven strikeouts, no walks, and five and a third innings of work. And Josh Cornelli and Dylan Hall both combined for three and a third's inning and scoreless ball. Yeah, Vito, a frustrating night for the Cyclones. They went one for 12 with runners in scoring position, so they had plenty of chances. They had base runners on all night long, wound up with seven hits in this game. As a team, they drew seven walks, just couldn't come up with a big knock early in the game. Their lone runs came late in the game in the bottom of the ninth inning. Rylan Thomas, who mentioned in the last episode, Rylan Thomas has had a really nice first full season of pro ball, hitting 337. He had a two-run home run to put the Cyclones on the board. Wasn't enough, but Thomas continues his strong play. The outfielder from USC, Southern California, his second homer of the season. Not enough, though. Cyclones lose 4-2. to two. And another loss for the Mets organization tonight where St. Lucie fell 11-6 to the Jupiter Hammerheads. Jeffrey De Los Santos, 2-for-5 with a triple and a stolen base. He's on a five-game hitting streak right now where he's 8-for-20 with two doubles, two triples, and a home run. Yeah, De Los Santos, middle infielder, 20 years old. He's been great of late, hitting leadoff for the St. Lucie team as he stays hot in the 11-6 loss. Your boy Nick Morabito, he had himself a day, one for four, stole a base. 
So his first deal with the St. Lucie Mets, he had 11 stolen bases down with the FCL Mets. And Douglas Oriana, big day for him. Um, did allow four runs over four and two-thirds innings of work, but he struck out seven and, most importantly, did not walk a single hitter. Control has been a problem for Oriana at times this year. He had issued at least one walk in every outing he had made prior to Tuesday, but that was not the case on Tuesday as he did not issue a single free pass. So you love to see that, a real nice step in the right direction for Oriana, who we've talked about him throughout the season, or at least since we started the podcast back in June, as a guy who works very hard in the gym. When you talk to people about Oriana, it's one of the first things that they mention about him and the great body control he has on the mound. Another pitcher like that, Marcus Stroman, who has great control um, when it comes to throwing strikes. And a lot of that comes from a guy's ability to uh, to really control his body. So Oriana did not issue a single walk, and we'll see if he can continue that in his next time out. John, we're going to talk about the Complex League Mets now, and uh, I, want to, I want to say something about these Complex League Mets, and I want to in- invoke you from earlier in the season. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Early in the season, you called the Syracuse Mets the 27 Yankees of minor league baseball. That was back in April. That was back in April. I think now the FCL Mets get that that title. Well, there is a very interesting mix of guys that have been there all year um, that are really good. And there's been guys that have come over in trades that have been really good. And now there's a whole influx of new talent from the draft. And all those guys have been really good since they've made their pro debuts. So this is a really, really fun situation that the FCL Mets have going on right now. And on Tuesday, there was another injection of talent, and that was by way of left-handed pitcher Franklin Gomez, who came from the DSL, and he made his stateside debut. Let me preface by saying this is not a very common thing. Teams do not do this very often, but Gomez had been so good in the Dominican Summer League, the Mets wanted to present him with a challenge going into the offseason or before the offseason, and of course try to help the FCL Mets get over the hump. And Gomez was so good in his debut. Four innings, one hit, one run, a walk, and seven strikeouts. So he was the goods. And if you go and you look at some footage of that, and you can do that by checking out the FCL Mets Instagram, the FCL Twitter account, I gave the uh, comparison with Drew Gilbert earlier in this episode, and I was thinking, who does Franklin Gomez remind me of? He's a guy with a fastball that sits 95 to 97. He's got a sweeper, nasty sweeper, and he's got a good changeup. And it's not just one guy who I see when watching him. And Drew Toussaint talked about this with us as well, how everyone is, you know, prospects, a lot of them, they're their own player. It's fun to compare. But in a lot of ways, you know, these guys, he he referred to them as snowflakes, meaning they all have their own shapes and sizes and different nooks and crannies and so on and so forth. I see a little bit of Julio Arias and Johan Santana. And I know that those are two names. Those are two great pitchers. But... I really and I encourage everyone that's listening to this to go and check out the great FCL uh, Mets social media accounts and check out the highlights from Tuesday and tell me that I'm wrong. Tell me that I'm wrong because it was, and, and it came quickly to me, Vito. It came quickly. I was like, there's Julio Arias and there's Johan Santana and this guy and the Mets being so aggressive to bring him over and he answers the call with that great outing. I mean, come on. Yeah, I think we should do more comps because I feel like comps and Johan Santana, that's an important Mets to me and John because... Both of us were at the no-hitter in separate sections because life is all about serendipity. It is. And, you know, don't forget, Johan Santana was once a Rule 5 draft pick. You talk about player development not being linear. 
Uh, Franklin Gomez, though, he's not going to have a problem making a 40-man roster. He was one of the best pitchers in the Dominican Summer League. He led the Dominican Summer League in FIP and weighted on base average. That's calculated like uh, OBP, except each base is, you know, valued more. So a single is not worth as much as a double, not worth as much of a triple. And it factors in batted balls and exit velocities and things like that. So he is the goods, and he gets that challenge. He answers the bell in his first outing. And, yeah, just uh, super, super exciting to see that kind of a situation unfold with this FCL Mets team who are now 29 and 17 on the year. And something that you said, John, that this isn't something that happens very often, a promotion midseason like this from the DSL to the FCL. Also, another thing, like we talked about the amount of talent that's in the FCL right now, just says so much to how good Franklin Gomez has been this year and getting a chance. I mean, hopefully we see more moves like this. I would love to see a certain Jeffrey with no E get a moment in some point. There's a lot of guys down in the DSL who deserve looks and who will eventually get them stateside, and we'll talk a little bit about what DSL teams did on Tuesday. But, Vito, why don't you round out what happened with this FCL win? Who led the way offensively for the FCL Mets against the FCL Cardinals on Tuesday? Out of action for the FCL Mets against the FCL Cardinals, we got Ronald Hernandez, who went one for three with a double and an RBI. Simone won two-run home run. Marco Vargas went one for three with a stolen base. And two-way player Nolan McLean with two walks on the night. Fantastic stuff all around for the FCL Mets. Very exciting. Ronald Hernandez. Not, not enough people are talking about Ronald Hernandez. A lot of hype around Marco Vargas, and deservedly so, but Hernandez has been fantastic since coming over to the Mets organization. The OBP over 500 during his time with the Mets. So this team continues to roll as they continue to close in on that division title. Now we're going to talk about the DSL Mets like we kind of hinted at you before as if we weren't going to do it like we always do it, but I'm still going to call that a hint because it's 6 a.m. and I'm weird and loopy right now. The DSL Orange won 12-11 versus the DSL Rockies. All nine starters in the lineup had a hit, so the boys were hot. Julio Zayas went three for five with two doubles, and outfielder Anthony Baptist went two for six. He's got a crazy OBP right now, John. Yeah, Baptiste, he actually DH'd in this game, but he does play outfield. That is his uh, natural position. The 444 on-base percentage hitting atop that potent, potent DSL lineup on the season. 23 walks to 22 strikeouts. So Marco Vargas, a guy like that, who doesn't strike out much, always finds his way on base. Ronald Hernandez, another one who just does not strike out, walks a lot. Jet Williams, Jacob Reimer, Anthony Baptiste. Many, many players in this Mets organization that do not swing and miss. So Baptiste is a guy who we haven't spoken so much about, but he definitely deserves a mention on the podcast and tonight's the night because he has done a fantastic job in his first full year of professional baseball for DSL Orange. You mentioned Julio Zayas. He had two doubles, a single, and a walk. His OPS is 881. Baptiste OPS 910. Of course, Jeffrey Rosa, who leads the league in home runs. So many potent, potent parts of that DSL orange lineup. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have a rant to go on, so I'm going to quickly say the DSL Blue lost 13-6 to versus the DSL Yankees. And now, John, this is my problem, dude. That's, oh, oh, boy. Does it have to do with the Air France Lounge? No, the Air France Lounge was fantastic. I had a Croque Monsieur. I don't know what that is. And that some is, other delightful okay. smells. I'm glad you had a good... Dude, Croque Monsieur. A Croque Monsieur is like one of my favorite foods in the world. I'll take you to a local French place in Astoria. It's a small place called Cafe Triscale, dude. It's literally run by this Frenchman who, when he's not cooking you food, it's it's a, like a 10-seated restaurant with a stove just like in the in the space. And when the chef and slash owner isn't cooking, he's ripping cigs right outside. They got good escargot? They got good escargot there? They got, escar- they got a great escargot. The croque monsieur is the... Oh, you don't like cheese, though, so never mind. I'm not going to get you a croque monsieur. Um, all right, here's my problem with France. And honestly, in Europe in general. Let's hear it. Grabbing gold coffee is not a thing here. You got to sit down for it. Not even that. Like, there's just like they, they, the French are not good at coffee. Europe's they not good at coffee. A lot Europe's not good at coffee. Europe's not good at coffee. I, I get that they like their espresso, mm-hmm. but like, there's no like, I, I don't care how American this sounds. I just want a big gulp full of iced coffee. That's all I want. Just a big gulp full of iced coffee straight to my brain. You ask people for an iced coffee here, they look at you like you're psychotic. They have no idea what you're talking about. The coffee places, like the good coffee places, John, don't open until like 9 a.m. I'm up at 5 8 right now. I'm going to go to the local gym. Uh, Ali, could you do me a favor? Could you pass me like the coffee contraption we've we've had to make? Well, just just give me the two. Just give me the one. Just give me the one piece. John, this is what I've I've come to. And then the other thing to the, the, the bag. Yeah, this is what I've come to, John. And I'll, I'll explain to the listener. I bought I have an electric tea kettle in the room that the hotel provided. I bought coffee grounds. I bought a filter. I'm just literally putting the filter over the cup and doing drip coffee like on my own because like I need coffee. Now, let me ask you, how much have you had so far today? Just a, a, um, this tiny little cup because also the cups in Europe, you, you guys don't do big cups here. You guys do really small cups, like half of this cup. And why can't they use the same outlets as us? What's that about? Dude, why? I don't get it. Why? And then there's like, there's, there's, why can't we all just be on the same page? This is why there's so much problems in the world. Are you abiding by the uh, one, two buttons on top of the toilet? I don't even know what that means, man. I see that two button thing and I just guess which one to press. I think you could figure <laughs> out what, what belongs to what. Oh, is one is one one and one two? One is one and two is two, yeah. You didn't know that? Which one is what? No, is it the bottom or the top? Which one? Uh, there's just two buttons. One of them has a one on them, the other is a two. They correspond. This is my third time in Europe, and I had no idea about the the number thing. But, John, my main point, France, Europe in general, you guys got to get better at coffee. I feel like you guys are weirdly known for coffee, and you're not good at it. Well, I wish you all the best in your quest for uh, sufficient caffeination. Yep. Um, sounds like you will be having another cup or five as you move forward with your day. I will need a cup or five as I wake up tomorrow. It is now 12.08 on the East Coast of the United States of America, which means it is 6.08 
in Marseille, 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 France, and um, Marseille. Marseille. And um, I think that is a good time to wrap things up here, unless you have another complaint about Europe. No, all I have to say is a bientôt anglais. All right. Well, I don't know what that means. If you if you're listening and you do, you're better than me. But um, you can guess. I say the same thing. Oh, does that mean see in the future? Guess what that, that meant. See in the future. No, you said English. Did you did you Google that? How do, how do you a, say see in English? See see you in the future in French. I, I did, and it said a bientôt English. Well, how does it say? How, how, how do you say? I uh, hope you enjoy the stock music in French. You know what? Don't tell me. We'll look it up, and the next episode, tomorrow's episode, I'm gonna drop that on the viewer, on the listeners. Au revoir. Au revoir. Bonsoir. <laughs> <laughs>